Welcome to the BizTimes MKE Podcast. I'm Arthur Thomas, Managing Editor at BizTimes Media, and this episode features another of our honorees from the Innovation and Entrepreneurship Forum. Earlier this month, we shared Lifetime Achievement Award recipient Wayne Oldenburg's advice for other entrepreneurs, and today we're sharing remarks from Teresa Nemitz, the recipient of our Regional Spirit Award. Teresa is the founder and chief experience officer at Milwaukee Food and City Tours. In her remarks, she discusses how her company navigated the COVID-19 pandemic, some of the challenges facing iconic Milwaukee restaurants and destinations, and the important role mentorship has played in her journey. Thank you to our sponsors, Johnson Financial Group and Meisner, Tierney, Fisher & Nichols, for their support of the IME Forum. Here's Biz Times reporter Ashley Smart to introduce Teresa. So today, I am introducing our 2022 Regional Spirit Award winner. This award recognizes people pushing Metro Milwaukee and Southeastern Wisconsin forward in incredible ways. Past winners include Q and Khalif Elamine, Jeremy Foyette, who we heard from earlier, Generator Mike Zimmerman, Rich Musen, and Ann Zizzo. This year, we are excited to add Teresa Nemitz of Milwaukee Food and City Tours and Great Lakes Shores Excursions. Teresa has grown what was initially a side hustle in the late 2000s into a multi-million dollar portfolio of companies that showcases the best of Milwaukee and the Great Lakes region to visitors from around the world. This year alone, Great Lakes Shore Excursions served 35,000 people. Please welcome Teresa Nemitz. Good morning, everyone. So I want to see a show of hands to start off with. How many of you have ever been to Shortino's Bakery? Good. I'm glad to see it. When I walk into their door, I take a deep breath and I smile because I know that is exactly what heaven is going to smell like. And when I take tour groups there to that corner on Humboldt and Brady and I take them into the bakery, the feeling that is exactly the same one that I want our clients and customers to feel. And that's culinary tourism, making food the attraction, telling the story of food producers and the people of the community and the history of the neighborhood. And that's what we do each and every day. Now, 15 years ago, when my family went to New York on a vacation, we picked up a brochure for something called a food tour. We signed up and we found ourselves on a street corner with a bunch of other tourists, and we were captivated by a local New Yorker that was showing off his neighborhood and the cuisine. We came home to Milwaukee and we started the exact same thing, thinking this is gonna be a fun little hobby. Well, that hobby definitely exploded and has exceeded my wildest dreams. In a few short years, Milwaukee Food and City Tours has expanded by hiring staff, buying buses, and offering international trips. The tales and memories, though, that flow from making food the attraction are really amazing. I love to, when I'm personally leading a tour, to turn the microphone over to those on a tour to hear their own stories. One time we were eating at Zafiro's, for example, and a grandmother was on the tour with her grandchildren that day, and she said that it brought together this memory for her. And she shared with us that she went, and her dad had come home from work, and he said, you know what, I heard about this amazing thing. It's called pizza, and we have to go for it. And this was the 1950s when pizza was first introduced to Milwaukee, and he took them there. And here, 40 years later, we're taking her there with her grandchildren to tell that story. On another day, we were in the historic Third Ward, and we were talking about the American Candy Company on Broadway Street. 
that's now a set of condominiums like so many of the other buildings there. Um, and a woman on our tour, she stopped us and she shared that she herself had worked for that company in that same building for many years. Her job, her job was painting the little red lines on the candy cigarettes. And that is exactly what we do. That is why we want to do what we do, to tell that story and to let people have the story, to continue to tell these stories to that next generation. But then, of course, something really profound happened, and that was March 13th, 2020. That was the day, oh, I just realized I had a presentation. Oh, thank you. Someone is doing it for me. The day the 2020, March 13th, 2020, the day the world stopped traveling. We refunded about a half a million dollars over the course of several hours that day as the world began to shut down. I knew that we were in trouble. Hundreds of tour operators closed their businesses that day and never returned open. I was personally in a tailspin. I was very scared, but I refused to undo 13 years of hard work. We thought about the many food producers that we knew in this community, and we said, how can we still tell their story, but without leaving home? It was just an idea, to, and we threw it up on the internet, and we wanted to see if anyone would bite. And within 72 hours, we were selling the very gift boxes and advent calendars that ended up saving our company and infusing literally millions of dollars into small businesses around not only Milwaukee, but the Midwest. As it has been more, about sell, more than selling a, bit, a product, though. It was really about saving our company, keeping our staff on board, and delivering gift boxes, and helping build a whole entire community of food producers and to support them when customers could no longer come to their front door. As horrible as every ounce of the pandemic has been, that desperate pivot is what ended up being the catapult for the biggest growth in our history. In the last year, we have scaled 10 times larger than what we were in March of 2020. The common thread through all of our growth, though, has been our desire to authentically showcase the communities that we love. From showing off our favorite mom and pop shops across the country in gift boxes, to showing off Milwaukee neighborhoods on our tours, to acquiring two different tour companies in Chicago, to launching operations and hiring 200 part-time staff in 12 different towns along the Great Lakes to be able to show cruise ship passengers their town on shore excursions. It has definitely not been easy for us to do any of this and to, to be able to grow, but I do believe that it is possible to really be authentic and support locally on a scalable level. It really has hinged for us on four different ingredients. First of all, using mentors. When I first started my very first job, I was really hungry for a promotion and I earned it on one important condition. I had to agree to be able to have a mentor. I was introduced to Regine Cantor, and this began a 25-year game-changing relationship. We still to this day meet to discuss ideas and dreams. She listens, she encourages, and she challenges me. Since meeting Regine, I've now purposefully surrounded myself by amazing individuals from this community who have consistently guided me and lifted me up even in the most challenging of times. This is something that I really believe strongly in and I think that this is so important to say. We all need to be able to take the time to, be take, to take that eager person to lunch or coffee every single month and just listen to them and to encourage them. We all need to find a way to connect with the next you in this room. 
Secondly, ignoring the naysayers. Even though I know that we are not a failure, it's really hard to operate in a world where failure is always assumed. We have never had to really borrow money in the early years of our company, but when I actually needed to borrow money, it was during the pandemic, and we went to banks to get a loan. Not one, but two banks said that I had a 100% chance of failure. I get it, it's a pandemic. I am a tour operator. I have had a 100% loss of money and literally just refunded a million dollars to people. You know what, I could have listened to the haters, but we didn't. Instead, we went out there, we negotiated with vendors. I promised all the people that were also just as hard hit as we were to let me pay them a year later so that I could continue moving forward. We put a, place in plan, a plan in place to keep us afloat as we took on even bigger risks. And it really came down to a lot of those amazing mentors in my life that were able to put us in the right place at the right time to be able to move forward. Third, seeing the opportunities and seizing them. Joe Bartolotta used to always say, never say no. This is a mantra that I have taken to heart and it guides me and my team in nearly every single decision that we make. One of my biggest pet peeves is actually when someone tells us no and goes right to that no. No, we can't do that. Especially in this post-pandemic world, my staff spend a lot of time finding the yeses in this community. The yeses make a lot of extra work, but you know, I always think about the person that first got that request for a cruise ship to dock in Milwaukee. It sounds like a pretty crazy idea, but just think about that person that was willing to say, you know what, let's have this conversation. Yes, let's find a way to make it happen, because look at the financial impact that that decision has had on the community as a whole. If someone wants to incorporate a visit to the Wisconsin Humane Society to adopt a tour, or to adopt a dog mid-tour, we will do it, and you know what? We have. Currently, we're working with the National Square Dancing Association on their big convention that's coming to Milwaukee next year, and we're planning a series of flash mobs in downtown Milwaukee. So all I can say is that you all better get ready to do -si do with me on the streets of downtown Milwaukee. And for all those naysayers who don't believe Wisconsin could ever host a Super Bowl, I just want to say, never say never. Staffing for resilience is my next comment. Staffing is, is amazing and is challenging. We love going down that path to be able to have a crazy idea. But these days, the really crazy idea has simply become wanting to go out to a restaurant to sit down and eat a meal. Restaurants, transportation providers, and hotels are all stretched really, really thin right now. My team is working the phones every single day to be able to find new partners that we can work with. We spend a lot of time coaching restaurant managers on how to turn the comment of, no, we're too short-staffed to be able to take a reservation of 50 people that want to pay money at our restaurant into, you know what, yes, let's find a way we want to make this reservation happen. We've gone so far this year as to send in our own staff to bus tables at restaurants so that we can bring tour groups to spend money at their locations. Our community is going to lose more and more iconic locations if we don't find a way collectively as a community to scale up and to bring the next generation into them. And if we can't find a way to save iconic restaurants and attractions, how are we gonna be able to recruit more conventions and businesses and meetings to this community? Once that business is turned away, our chance, or, chance to capture that business is gonna be lost. 
even with our gift boxes, we've hit a tipping point now where we are consistently hearing from small business owners that they're too understaffed to be able to take on our orders. The easy decision, of course, would be for us to just shift to another producer that can scale with us to the level that we need. But instead, we really want to support local, and we really want to be able to be able to showcase exactly that, our, those small business owners. And so we've been sending our own staff into their kitchens. We've been in their kitchens producing candy, producing chocolates, producing caramels, and then buying the product from them at no cost to them. This is, in my opinion, the cost of doing business. No one is paying us to do that. I'm ultimately getting paid to be able to have the job get done. But this is what I need to do in order for the whole community in food tourism to be able to rise. Our staff are hard workers with a can-do, roll with the punches, bring on that next challenge attitude. And this has been a critical key to all of our growth. Together, our four focus points, using mentors, ignoring the naysayers, seizing opportunities, and staffing for resilience has all been what has turned our company from certain failure into unprecedented promise. It's been scary, but the future is bright. Thank you so much for this amazing recognition. Coming out of the pandemic, companies and families are absolutely desperate for authentic experiences that connect them to the community. In everything we do, we believe in quality and we strive to give a microphone and a megaphone of praise to all the local businesses in our community. To recognize us for this, especially as a tour operator during a global pandemic, is a really spectacular way for me and our team to wrap up this incredible year. The award really is really not about me or about my team though. This award is really about everybody in our community coming together to show off Milwaukee. Every time somebody goes the extra mile to have a conversation with a visitor, to stop someone on the street and give them a lunch recommendation, to say hello to someone coming off of a cruise ship, we know that this is part of the greater equation. Everyone knows about Southern hospitality, but I personally think that Southern hospitality comes much farther north. This, combined with our ability to lift and support businesses in the community, will help us all to be the ultimate cheerleader of Milwaukee. This is Dan Meyer with BizTimes Media. You've been listening to the BizTimes MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.